Have you ever pitched a great idea to a group of colleagues, managers, or customers only to get blindsided with negative feedback? And then later saw someone else with a bad idea get a ton of buy-in? It's not always the best ideas that get traction. On this episode, I'll help you discover how your ideas can take off. This is Coaching for Leaders, Episode 75. Produced by Innovate Learning. Maximizing Human Potential. Greetings from Orange County, California. This is Coaching for Leaders, and I'm your host, Dave Stahoviak. This is a weekly show to help smart people improve their communication and leadership skills. And if you're smart, you have great ideas. But that doesn't mean that people are ready to follow you. Having a great idea isn't enough. We as leaders and effective communicators need to be able to position our ideas in a way that's going to add value to others and that shows people that we've done our homework. And often I see many people making mistakes when pitching a great idea, whether that pitch is going to a customer Maybe it's their management team or even a group of their colleagues, and they make these mistakes, and as a result, it keeps them from getting traction on really good ideas. And when people aren't, when people aren't getting traction on their ideas, more than often I see one of these six mistakes happening. Now, uh, we have all had it happen where uh, we've been blindsided with negative feedback or we went into a situation thinking, oh, this was a slam dunk, this should be an obvious a decision that someone would make and come out of a situation thinking, wow, I didn't see that coming. I've certainly had that happen in my career. I'm sure you've had it happen to you many times as well. Um, But here's the thing is if you find that that's happening to you a lot, or maybe you know someone that that is happening to a lot, I bet there's one of these six things or maybe a number of these six things that you may be making as a mistake. So in this episode, what I'm going to do is help you to discover what these six mistakes are, how you can avoid them, and how it will help you to get your ideas to take off. So let's look at these six in turn and what we can do to avoid making these mistakes. So the first mistake that you can make is neglecting to interact with the people who are most impacted by what you're proposing. Case in point, I was blessed about uh, two years ago to get invited into an organization to do some presentation coaching. And the person who had brought me in had uh, set up this process of coaching and had set up this session for me to come in and a coach who, uh, another person in the organization who was essentially a colleague of theirs, And what they had done is briefed me in advance and said, okay, here's what this person needs. They need uh, some presentation coaching. They need to work on their confidence in front of groups. Uh, They need to work on kind of their body language. And so they'd gone through this long list of things that, um, that they perceived that the other party needed. And so I came in and I had all my equipment with me. So I had my big bag. And when I do presentation coaching, a lot of times I'll do some videotaping. So I brought my, and my camera there, I had my tripod. So I'm, I'm carrying that, I'm carrying my bag, got all this stuff with me. I walk into the office of uh, this, and it was a pretty, you know, it was a pretty senior level person in the organization. I walk in the office, I sit down and I sit down next to this person and we just start talking. And 
in about 10 minutes, you know, I, I was asking her about her background and, you know, how she got to do and what she's doing now. And we started talking about the coaching process and it became incredibly apparent to me that there hadn't been any communication between really the two parties on what was set up in advance. And it turned out that what the party who was getting the coaching wanted and really would benefit from, not only personally, but from the organizational standpoint, had absolutely nothing to do with presentation coaching. In fact, if I had gone in and just started coaching that person on presentation skills, uh, they may have been polite, but I assure you I would not have been invited back, uh, even though that was the direction that was given. The mistake that was made is that the person who set it up, very well-intended, never really dialogued with the other party about what it is that was wanted or needed or what would be beneficial. And so, you know, the the persons who had the idea originally thought they were right on, but they hadn't really taken the time to dialogue with that other party. So, you know, beware of that when you're pitching an idea, trying to get someone to do something is to make sure to communicate and interact with the people who are going to be most impacted by your idea. And probably one of the biggest mistakes that I see made under this this thing, this bullet point here is um, be pitching an idea to the most senior person only and not involving other people who are involved in that organization, who that idea or process change or whatever is going to impact. So for example, if you're heading up engineering in your organization and you're about to propose a change to the executive team, which is going to change how the production people are going to make the product, you better talk to the production people first <laughs> and ideally go talk to the person who's heading up production and see, you know, talk to them, dialogue with them, explain your rationale for why you're going to suggest what you're suggesting, get their feedback, find out what they're concerned about. And then, oh, by the way, with their permission, go and talk to some other people in that organization too. So don't just talk to the leader. Find out, find the people who are on the production floor, who are, you know, if they're making the equipment, you know, or making the product, find out what it is that's going to impact them by making these changes. Be curious. It's kind of like that old, uh, that curious George book that a lot of us read when we were kids, at least here in the States, you know, it was that always that yellow, the guy with the yellow hat and the little monkey and the monkey was so curious. And I've seen again and again and again, the, uh, the people I've worked with, the clients I've had the privilege to work with over the years who are really curious when they have a new idea of going out in the organization and talking to people and finding out how their idea might impact others are the people who get the best traction on new ideas when they end up pitching it formally. So beware of, of neglecting to interact with the people who are going to be most impacted by whatever it is you're proposing. Now, mistake number two is ignoring people who could help you. And uh, this, I watched this situation happen uh, uh, two or three years ago. I was uh, in part of a meeting in a client organization, and I was sitting and more observing a dialogue. And there was a group of people meeting, and there was one party in the room that was trying to get buy-in from an executive leader in another part of the organization. And as this meeting went on, part of the dialogue that was happening was this one person trying to strategize on what they were going to do in order to get buy-in from this executive leader. 
And they were expressing their frustration that they had spent a lot of time and energy already trying to approach this person, dialogue with them, and that they hadn't really had any kind of success. And they were they were really disheartened by that. And they didn't really know what to do. And so the uh, room started doing some brainstorming on what this person could do to get buy-in. And someone in the room who was an administrative assistant chimed in and said, well, what have you done to try and connect with this person's administrative assistant and to have a dialogue and open a relationship with them? And the person said, well, I haven't really done made any effort to do that. And, uh, and the person who was the administrative assistant said, well, you know, that might be something you might want to try to do. And it was just a very, you know, a very gracious um, suggestion of something they could try. And it turned out that that was really good advice because, of course, the administrative assistant was the person who controlled that person's calendar and was sort of the gatekeeper on who interacted with that person and who didn't. And the it was clear after the meeting that the person who was trying to get that buy-in hadn't really considered the opportunity to build a relationship with someone else in the organization in order to get influence. Mistake number three is spending too much time on the unimportant details. And I think almost all of us have seen a situation happen where someone walks into a room of customers or managers or colleagues, and they've got 20 minutes to talk about something, the new idea, the new proposal, and they bring along 40 or 50 PowerPoint slides and throw it up on the screen. And it takes them three minutes to set it up. And, and then they start reading all their slides and go through all the details and the minutia of who needs to email who and all the dates and everything. And when we do that, we just don't look credible. So good managers, good decision makers want to see someone approach them that has a strategy that's well articulated, backed up with evidence. And it doesn't have to be perfect. It doesn't have to guarantee 100% success. And if someone comes to you with guaranteeing 100% success, you should be suspicious anyway. But it has to be well articulated, but it should be at the big picture level. So uh, walk into situations, identify the problem clearly, what you've considered in putting together the solution, your solution as to why it addresses the problem, and then evidence to back it up. And the evidence is key. The evidence shows the other party that we've done our homework. It shows that we've considered different options. It shows that we've talked to people. It shows that we know what's going on. If we've got evidence, then we get credibility. And it's a lot more likely that people are going to give our idea some traction. If we walk in and just pitch something and we don't have evidence to back it up, more often than not, people aren't going to perceive that it's a very credible idea. Even if the idea is good, they're not going to perceive that. Mistake number four, assuming that the pitch is the decision point. And by the pitch, I mean whatever situation it is you're walking in and starting to dialogue with whoever to get the idea across and try to convince them to go along with your idea. And I had a uh, a meeting a while back at one of our clients and I was talking with one of the employees and she was telling me that she has learned this lesson the hard way. She said, you know, when I started um, going into, you know, I started working in this job in my organization. Um, her role, by the way, was 
part of her job was to go into different parts of the organization and to propose new processes and new procedures that people needed to use. Well, as you can imagine, that's that's a hard thing to do because you're basically showing up and telling people what they need to do differently. And so she said she learned really quickly that it was a mistake to go in and to pitch a new idea to whatever leader or team was there and to not uh, take the time to really try to influence people before that meeting. And she said, I've learned the hard way that when I just walk in and give a presentation that you never know what kind of response you're going to get, but that um, if I took time to talk to people prior to that meeting, that I could really uncover a lot of things and that would help me to be able to not only gain trust, but also to understand what was really going on. So as leaders, we should never take any influence we have for granted. Um, We want to be able to go in and talk to people that are going to be impacted by whatever it is that we're proposing. And particularly, I would challenge you to go talk to the people who are your opponents, the people who are not going to disagree with whatever it is that you're proposing, or at least you don't expect to agree. And you might think, well, why would I want to talk to those people? Well, there's a few reasons. One is you want to be able to have some opportunity to sway opinions. You're probably not going to do it when you're in a room full of 15 or 20 people. That person isn't likely to say they were wrong or they're changing their opinion in a large audience. Give them time to change their opinion by dialoguing with them in advance. And even if you can't change that person's opinion, you've done two things by talking to an opponent in advance who might go against what it is you're saying. One is that you've at least shown that person that you're willing to engage them in dialogue and to listen. And secondly, you also know what their objections are. So you can then speak to their concerns when you actually get to the point where you're making that formal presentation. The fifth mistake that I've seen many leaders make is failing to strategize on how to work around obstacles. So say you come in and you're proposing something new, how a new idea is going to help make the organization more effective, help to increase revenue, help to make people's jobs easier. Most people are change averse. Most people don't want change. They, don't, they aren't excited about change. And the default setting for most of us is to react with why something won't work and why should I have to spend extra time and resources changing something, doing something differently. And whenever you present a new idea, it's bound to create problems for somebody. So even if the people that are in the room are excited about it, um, there's someone out there that's going to be frustrated by doing something differently. So one thing that we can do in advance, if we're trying to get our idea to really take off, is think in advance is, who is this going to frustrate? And not just to ask that theoretically, but really to ask that question seriously and write down the names of who is this idea likely to frustrate? What can I do in advance to minimize that frustration? And what's the plan for getting there? And if you can demonstrate that you care about people and the organization by doing your homework on that upfront, that is going to earn trust. Doesn't mean people are always going to be happy, but it's going to earn more trust and demonstrate to the people who are making the decisions that you've thought through 
what it is that you're proposing, that you know there's going to be obstacles, you expect obstacles, you know that everyone's human, and so you're willing to work through those and you have a plan to get there. And that's key of of really strategizing around working around those obstacles. Mistake number six, hesitating on bad news. This happened to me very early in my career. I was working for a growing organization, the economy was booming, and there were many, many opportunities opening up in our organization for moving into the next position. And so the expectation for many of us is that we'd have career progression. And so um, I remember having dialogue with my manager at the time and talking with her about my career progression. And she said, you know, you are the, I remember we got to the point and where she said, you are the next one on the list. So as soon as the next opportunity opens up, you're going to be in that role. Um, so get ready. And so sure enough, like two or three weeks after that, a position opened up and I was fully expecting to get the call. You know, you're moving into the role. And of course that didn't happen. Someone else got the call and it was someone I knew. And I, and while I was happy for them, uh, if I'm being transparent, I was also more angry about the situation because I thought that that role should have been mine. And I expected that because that's what had been communicated to me. And so uh, I don't remember the details anymore these many years later, but I know there was a little bit of time that had passed until I actually got to reconnect with the person who had that, you know, had communicated that to me, my manager. And uh, she said, well, you know, we have a concern about this one area that you're not necessarily, um, it is this one thing that we want you to develop on further before we feel comfortable moving into this role. And it became evident in that conversation that that had been a concern all along, but that she had never communicated that before. And so uh, there was an unwillingness to share any bad news and disappoint. And I think that that's a real common mistake that a lot of us make is we want to we want to be fair weather leaders. We want to give people good news. And look, you know, nobody likes bad news, you know, but almost anyone can pilot a boat on a clear day. The talented captains are the ones who can take a ship through a storm. People will remember what you do in a storm. That's where they're going to make their judgments about you. And so uh, if you're hesitating on bad news and you can't handle being able to be transparent and forthright when things don't work out or you need to give someone some feedback uh, or you're pitching an idea and something isn't going to work or uh, it's going to cause an issue in the organization, you're always better being transparent about that. I shouldn't say always, but you're almost, (laughs) I can't think of a situation where you wouldn't want to at least think through how you're going to communicate that to the other party. So it doesn't catch people by surprise. And so people understand that you've thought through how to work through a challenging situation. What kind of impression do you want to leave them with? And if people are left with the impression that you are only going to share good news with them, then they're not going to have the trust to be willing to follow through on your ideas. And, you know, more often than not, when a good idea goes by the wayside, it's because the leader did one of these things. They neglected to interact with the people who were most impacted by their new idea. They ignored people who could help them. They spent too much time on the unimportant details and getting too much into the weeds. They assumed incorrectly that the pitch, the time when they talked to the team was the actual decision point. And as you've heard me say, often it's not. It's usually before or after that the decision is actually made. 
They failed to work around obstacles or think through obstacles, and they didn't share the bad news that went along with the idea. So if we as leaders can avoid these six things, if we can really take the time to communicate, to um, to not make these assumptions, to really involve people in the process, more often than not, we are going to get better results with the ideas that we're trying to have get traction in the organization. And, you know, I'd really be excited to hear about things you've done to advance ideas in your organization. Our website with the show notes for this episode is at coachingforleaders.com forward slash 75. And you can also call in feedback to our feedback hotline, which is 949-38-LEARN, or email to feedback at coachingforleaders.com. And a reminder that if you're looking for more dialogue, resources, articles, quotes during the week, things that'll help you to lead and communicate more effectively is to connect with me either on Facebook at our Facebook fan page or to connect with me on Google+. And I want to thank Jackie Turpak, Catherine Powell, Waldemar Joachim Sierra, and Rick Gray, who went online this week to connect with me. Thank you for doing that. And if you'd like to connect with me on Google+, you can go to coachingforleaders.com forward slash plus. And Facebook is coachingforleaders.com forward slash Facebook. And that'll get you to those. You can connect up. Hey, if you'd like a midweek booster shot and you can just hop onto our website at coachingforleaders.com forward slash subscribe. I send out an email article every week. It'll give you a tip or a tool or a resource or an idea that will help you to lead or communicate more effectively. Lots more guests coming in the next few weeks. But as always, if you have a question that you'd like an answer to or a topic you'd like us to cover on the show, let me know and we'll make it happen. Have a great week, everyone, and see you next Monday.